0: Hey guys, um, so today we are doing our Bible study again, Um, just chatting with friends. I just wanted you to meet them officially and then we can talk about whatever they want to talk about.
1: Hi, I'm Maddie. Hello, I'm Nimi.
0: Ah, Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, so speak ladies, what are we talking about today?
1: I asked Jared that if we could talk a bit about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit?
0: Yes. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard, um, what's his name?
1: John Devere.
0: No, well, I mean, that's cool, but, but no, not him. the the old German guy that comes and preaches where he's the the guy that did massive revivals Banke. for yes, Rainer Bunker. Um, I've got his book, so, uh, Rain of Fire." Let's still uh, get through that. Rainer Bunker when he speaks of the Holy Spirit, he, he's like, it's like a it's like a power line. Nobody knows, and then. You touch it and shock sure. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's a very bad old German voice I know. Oh, he is such a legend. Um, okay, so, I mean, the Holy Spirit, you can go through a million different things.
1: So where does it get... Where? Firstly, I mean, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit
0: they're... being a man. Like, yeah. or a person. Mm. So, that's so important. So often we speak about... I feel the Holy Spirit and it is touching Mm -hmm. me. And you're like, no, bro. (laughs) It's not an it. (laughs) He's the person. And that's why you have all of these books. Like uh, Francis Chan, this is a good book. It's called Forgotten God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all of these books are written about the Holy Spirit being Mm -hmm. the third person of the Trinity, you know, which means he is to be revered. Like you don't we don't often think of it, but the Holy Spirit is God in the sense that he's also the king. You know, like he is that. Yeah. So yes, Jesus is the king. But you get what I'm saying? Like there's an understanding that um God as a being, as a monothe or as a as a Exactly. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase this without it being so heretical. You know how difficult it is to to actually define the Trinity? Never try yeah. and do it, lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every yeah. single analogy you're going to throw out there, it's going to lead to some form of heresy. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Whether it's the water one, have you heard the water one? No. Okay, so the water one says that we speak of H2O being water, right? Mm-hmm. But water vapor is steam and you have the liquid form and then ice so mm-hmm. it's three different forms but all water the, the if you continue further on through that analogy it leads to heresy <laughs> it's like yeah. there's no way to properly define it a lot of people yeah. also say it's flesh spirit mm-hmm. and soul like the human trinity mm-hmm. that's the way that it's normally phrased. but it's like that's also eventually going to lead to heresy because you're saying that god is a mind and you know yeah, yeah, anyways yeah. so like solely a mind. God the Father is more than just a mind. He, he's also a spirit. And then you get all up like, that, like, oh, no, it didn't work. So the idea of the Trinity and just basic Orthodox Christianity is that you have one monotheistic God, God, God Yahweh, and then in that God, there are three persons. So one nature, three persons. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Holy Spirit is one of them. So Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, you can flip through. Holy Spirit, I think if you can start at Exodus, I'm going to say 32, but I could be so wrong. And then we're just going to scratch that and pretend I didn't say it. I was super wrong. Uh, maybe not super, super wrong. Okay, 36. Come on. Give me... That wasn't uh, that Not bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is the first... Obviously, we see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. But the way that the Old Testament narrative speaks of the Holy Spirit is of the Ruach of God, the breath of God. Yeah. So so a lot of the way that Old Testament Jews believed was that the Holy Spirit was not a person necessarily to them. You know, they believed that it was just God's kind of power or breath or leading or life doing that. Um, But we do see the Holy Spirit as the person of the Trinity in Genesis, hovering over the waters. And we know that the the Father, he mandates the plans, the word of God being Jesus Christ, authorizes the plans. And then the Holy Spirit enacts the plans. So it's the same with salvation. Um, The Father... Okay, well, Let me not go into that. It's, like, oh, it's basically that the Father chooses, the Holy, Jesus calls, or whatever. The Holy Spirit brings the regeneration. Like without, without the Holy Spirit, none of us would feel convicted, and none of us would come to be saved. So, yes. so, so our experiential encounter with Jesus is first an experiential encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yes. He's the one that brings this. It's by the Spirit of regeneration and renewal that's entitled. But we'll get there. We're gonna do like a whole broad fifty-minute flip through of okay. of the. Scripture with regards to the Holy Spirit, okay. So, Holy Spirit is power, we see that in, in Genesis 1. Mm. Um, then e, e, Exodus 36 in the construction of the, the tabernacle, um, you hear Bezalel and Olhalib. I don't know if I'm saying that, you guys can chuck in your in, try and say that <laughs> 36 1. Bezalel and Olhalib, <laughs> I don't <Bezalel>
1: know. <laughs> and, oh.
0: Oh holia! Oh holia! Okay, we go go with that. And every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know nah how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with the Lord, with what all the Lord has commanded. Let me just make hundred percent sure it is the <laughs> scripture, because it's gonna be super awkward. We go through the whole thing, and then I'm like, oh, I was wrong. What are we looking? We're looking for the part where it says that his spirit comes upon him. And his spirit gives him... Oh, it was just before that. 35 verse 30. I apologize. Okay. Then Moses came to the people of Israel. See, the Lord has called by name Bezalid, the son of Uri and son of Ur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God. With skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, Mm -hmm. in cutting stones for silver. I love this. It's an understanding that God the Father is artistic there's there's so many implications for this just in terms of who we are as men the idea that a man can't be artistic is wrong you know what i mean like there we go god the father demonstrating his power by anointing the so that it can be a craftsman okay so yeah the spirit of god is given to someone and and the the scripture says and he was filled with the spirit of god with skill with intelligence and with knowledge and with all craftsmanship so the holy Spirit. Um, comes upon this man's given uh, talents and amplifies them so as to be used for the Lord. He, the Holy Spirit guides in him yes. in what he can do. He guides him in the plans of the yes. Lord, which is what we see later on too. You know, so infilling of the Holy Spirit. And now you're going to get two different theological things in the Old Testament. Um, it's very weird. The the idea, if you read in in um, Psalm, I think it's fifty one, but I'll go there. It might be thirty something. Um, Time is of the essence. Um, yeah, so he says this...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In verse 11, David is praying um, after having sinned with Bathsheba. And he says to him in verse 10, we all know it in me a a clean heart, O God, and renewing a right spirit within me. Then he's like, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Mm -hmm. So we see with Saul in the Old Testament and David now is very... Astutely uh, aware of the fact that God could actually remove his holy Spirit, yeah. and that scares him he 's like, "No no, 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 anything yeah. but that and mm. when the Holy Spirit leaves Saul then in the spirit of torment you know like it 's a bad place to be so So the Old Testament narrative is that there was not an intermingling of mm. of your soul or your spirit or a vivification, if you want to put it that way of your spirit, man again, we can talk about the immaterial elements of a man oh. until we blew in the face, but the idea in the New Testament. Is that the Holy Spirit indwells us and he will never leave us. Yeah, it
1: doesn't come and go.
0: No, he doesn't come and go. But that's not to say that there isn't an outpouring of specific anointing. But we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, so here we have the Holy Spirit coming on a man, igniting inequalities, leading him in the ways of the Lord so that he can do what the Lord requires of him to do. And we see this in various ways. Um, In the Old Testament, if I'm not mistaken, we can look at 1 Samuel 16. And if I am mistaken, just forgive me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I walk in the forgiveness of the Lord. (laughs) Um, So it says... Again, 1 Samuel 16, verse 14, which is what I was just saying. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit of the Lord tormented him. So there we have the Lord taking away the spirit. And then in the uh, the battle with David and Goliath, we already know that the anointing of the Lord is upon David, right? And here he's fighting Goliath. And if I'm not mistaken, it says, and the spirit of God caused for him to rush. But let's check. Hmm. Sorry, guys, this is very, like, I should have been more prepared, I suppose. Yeah, but you
1: can't be, because we bring you the topic (laughs) at the moment. We don't give you time to prepare your topic. Exactly.
0: Um, Where is it?
1: Is that we had a tormenting spirit?
0: No, I was just looking for the part where David, like, freaks out, and he goes and kills Goliath. I mean, I know it's here, I'm just looking for the part where it says... I was almost convinced that it said that the spirit of the God, of the Lord empowered him to go in and kill his enemy. like a boss. But I might be wrong. Again, I'm not going to read the whole chapter.
1: Is that where he says that oh, you come with a spear and a javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's That's just go with 45, that. But 1 Samuel 45. 17 verse 45.
0: Okay, but it, it doesn't actually specifically say. The right. idea that is... Is that when we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament that the Holy Spirit comes upon people and empowers them for the acts of service? Mm-hmm. So, whether it's in Judges, where we see this with oh, it might have been Samson who I'm thinking about, where the Spirit comes upon him and he causes like he rips apart, uh, he fights yeah, against, yeah. you know, the
1: Philistines, where he killed all yeah, of them. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so when the Spirit comes upon you here, he equips you to be. Exactly who you are in At all of your time, talents but and natural talents, yeah, but, but to be empowered for the work of God, which would then mean that you are protecting the, yeah. the nation of Israel, which means that you can come against the enemies of God, which means that you can... Um, glorify
1: God in that moment. Glorify well.
0: God in that moment in praise and worship. The, the Holy Spirit empowers obviously our wisdom, yeah. which we've already seen now the intelligence. And then we can see if you if you really want to get technical, you could split the Holy Spirit into. And I say split, that's a very bad word <laughs> for me to use. The Holy Spirit can be defined in seven different ways. You can read in Isaiah of Isaiah eleven. Yeah, it says the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of fear, the spirit of power, the spirit of might, the spirit of. The, the, like the presence itself is the anointing of God. And then the rest of them are there. The idea is that this, the Holy Spirit, which then you see in Revelation 4 and 5. Okay. The Holy Spirit is the seven, the seven pillars of fire shooting up. And it says the seven spirits of God. So there are different um, different qualities that we need to know about who the holy spirit is as an individual no. you know he brings to us the inner conviction that we have the spirit of the fear of the lord the spirit of the fear of the lord allows for us to reverently worship him it allows for us to obediently outwork who, uh, what he calls for us to do then you get the spirit of power and of might he's the he's the one that allows for us like i've said already to come against our enemies knowing who he is he like charges us up to do the work of the lord in confidence you know what yeah, i mean I to to go beyond what we think as possible that's why it's
1: called a com- comforter
0: yeah well that would be the, 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 the anointing the presence of the Holy Spirit in the sense that have you guys ever just been in a, in a praise and worship where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you just like burst into tears yes. because of how glorious it is yeah, you know exactly. it's the the it knowledge of the... his presence, you know what I mean. That in itself is one of the things that he does as the Paraclete, the one that comes alongside. He he comes and joins us. He and the word Parakletos, which is what the Greek word for um, Holy Spirit would be, or the Comforter. It's a very complicated word. It doesn't it's it doesn't necessarily only mean one thing. It can mean comf- comforter, the one who walks alongside us, the counselor. All of these things are the same mm-hmm. thing. But the idea is that he's our friend that leads us into the paths of Jesus and empowers us he walks alongside us he guides us he directs us he teaches us yeah. he trains us he corrects us he rebukes us he leads us into a deeper knowledge of the truth he comes against the, yeah. the sinful flesh he empowers us to overcome our own flesh
1: so it's God in the spirit form
0: yeah well you know, it is God, God in the spirit form but it, it, he, he's an individual I don't know it's, a, it's such a weird no, don't get me wrong God himself does all of these things in, in a, as an individual he has the same nature which yeah. is what we're saying so God is
1: omnipresent anyway he's yeah but away he's away.
0: omnipresent through the Holy Spirit yes, and so this the is what the, the, it says the Lord of the Spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth and this is where it gets super complicated because the idea is that God is everywhere and God the Father in some way is everywhere because God is everywhere as his spirit is everywhere really so it's in Christian doctrine where we separate the three we see in Scripture that you can't not separate the three yeah. that's yeah. the important thing like so it would be easy for, uh, for people to start saying yeah but isn't this all to isn't it just God? You know, like and and you get what's called oneness Pentecostalism. A very famous preacher, T.D. Jakes, mm-hmm. he's a oneness Pentecostalist. So he will he argues that God. Well, this is oneness Pentecostalism, as it has always been put forward. Um, modalists is what the old heresy name is. Mod- modalism. It's the mm-hmm. idea that God is actually one being, and he presents himself in different modes. Oh. So so God the Father um manifests himself before creation as let's say god the spirit then he manifests himself they always use the word manifest he manifests himself as god the son in in jesus now he manifests himself in the holy spirit it's not three individual beings it's Mm -hmm. it's you get what i mean but we don't view it like that the trinity is that i
1: recognize each in its own form
0: yes and each has his own personality yeah. in some way. I don't, We don't know how exactly that works, oh, when, but when there's pray, a complementary... to the,
1: to the Holy Spirit, there's definitely a different feeling to it than playing to God, but yet it's the same. It's yeah, a it's very complicated, and this
0: is where it, is. it becomes like, we can get very, very ethereal. I know in my own personal walk it was the Holy Spirit more than just even regenerating me and bringing me to the knowledge of the Lord. It was his power that convinced me of God in the sense that I I was so caught up in the miraculous manifestations of the Lord, which is not necessarily a bad thing when I initially came to encounter him, which is what we see in the early apostolic faith, that there was the preaching of the word and demonstration of power. Paul actually goes a bit further in 1 Corinthians where he or anti-Corinthians for that matter, but he, he has this this zeal where he's like, when he's speaking against the... Um,
1: it's almost like the Holy Spirit is the physical touch of God in your life, where you have the physical, like you said, the ability.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, he, Im- to, he... It's
1: imp- like a physical... When you pray for the Holy Spirit to guide you, it's almost at that moment that it's a physical touch of God. So if, your hearts or if you hearts so sore, if you're praise and worshipping, if you have to give people wise... Uh, wise counsel and you pray to God or we pray to the Holy Spirit to um, guide you, it's almost like I see like a picture of God reaching out and just this hand on you to hold it, mm. say like, I'm with you, my Spirit's mm. with you. It's like that type of thing that the physical touch of God is the Holy Spirit in our heart.
0: And now this is where we, you're right, but this is where we must get so, we must just be careful in the way that we can so easily I don't say dishonor him, but discredit him as an individual. Because it says in Ephesians, you can read in Ephesians 4, that um, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that, like, he gets grieved. He gets sad. He's like, oh, I don't like it when you do that. You know, like, and he's stuck with you. You know, like, so you read in Ephesians 1 and in various other places in Scripture, it says, you've been marked with a seal. The seal. So in old, in obviously the New Testament narrative, when you write a letter, a letter of confirmation, you seal it. You know, like you, have, you as individuals have been marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So God says. Holy Spirit is with you no matter what. That's the idea. You've been flooded with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5, we see that that actually is the thing that confirms your faith. You know that you are saved because of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know what I mean? And therefore, when, when people continue to abide in sin. There's that whole question of whether or not, because the Holy Spirit would bring conviction. He would bring conviction. It's not, it's, it's him inside of you saying that's so wrong. And I am so worthy that you will stop. That's the idea. And in your, in your flesh, it's like, brrr, like, like I, I know the, 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 truth of God and I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And I will submit to whatever he's saying, because I recognize him to be the one bringing correction in my life. You know, so if you're reading John 15, that's the main text and we were going to go through this. It's just one of those things that the John 15 16 17 is the whole idea of the the Holy Spirit. Actually 14 15 16. So John 14, we all know it, I am the way the truth and the life. But then if you start at verse 15, he says if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is obviously Christ speaking to his disciples. But okay, well, let's just actually go through it. Why not? Um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Implication, right there, ladies. Talk to me. What do you? What do you? What do you see? Or what do you hear? If obviously, clauseal uh, like which, which verse? Twenty-three. No, verse
1: fifteen. Sorry, verse fifteen,
0: verse 15 of, okay. of chapter fourteen. If you love me, Jesus is saying like. This is not something that's guaranteed. It's something that I'm conditionally bringing before you as a, as a sign by which you love me. And love is a strong, we, we, if we love him, if we're devoted to him, if we are connected to him, if we're pursuing our emotion, well, if we're trying for our emotions to be brought in line with him, if we are consciously choosing to deny ourselves, if we, if we love him, if we're abiding in his life, if we are relating to him as a friend and a king, Mm -hmm. if we love him, you will keep my commandments. Now, that's a strong thing. Now, everybody could argue that what are the commands of God? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And to love others as you love yourself. So, what what often gets taken out here, or what gets preached, is that the commandments of God are not actual Old Testament commandments. Or the commandments of Jesus are not legalistic or religious. And and there, there are elements of truth to that. But the moral law of God hasn't changed. So, the idea of you obeying christ's commandments or and even if that is love the lord your god with all your heart your mind your soul and your strength it means that when you love the lord your god you will do what he commands even if you're looking at abba father and the most demonstrated or demonstratable? demonstrable? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a word. Uh, it feels like a word. I'm just going to link these bad boys. Um, demonstrable way that we can pursue, or we see God's law revealed to us would be in the Ten Commandments. That would be it. You know what I mean? Like, And that hasn't changed. Other than keeping Sabbath, because Christ is our Sabbath rest, There's there's been a revelation that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. You shall worship the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before you. You shall um, not mm-hmm. commit adultery. You shall not. And then Jesus, again, like we see in Matthew 5, yeah. he amplifies the meaning of committing adultery. He amplifies the meaning yeah. of murder. So when Jesus says here, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. By implication, yeah. he's saying you will obey me in a way that opposes sin. You will That's walk in true. righteousness. Yeah. And yeah. I will ask the Father. And he will give to you. Another helper. That's the word parakletos So so a helper. He's gonna come and like, cause you suck. <laughs> you can't do it. That's the idea. Like you're gonna try, you're gonna strive, yeah. you're gonna throw your fists, but um nothing's gonna you're not gonna be able to do it. You need someone to help you out of the pit. You need someone to put the boxing gloves on yeah. so when you punch they're effective. You know what I mean? Otherwise yeah. your knuckles are just gonna break every single time. So I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever. That's such an important phrase. There forever. Now Christ is obviously speaking to his disciples. But the discipleship of the Lord. Or the disciples of the Lord. Would by implication be us too. So it's forever. Time has no. There's no point in time. Where we will not have the presence. And the power and the helping of the Holy Spirit. Now when we reach a place of glorification. We won't necessarily need the same kind of help. But Holy Spirit will be there man. I think I've said it to you guys before. The idea of seeing the revelation for Holy Spirit, which is would go something like this. How crazy is this? He says, um,
1: when revelation,
0: revelation for the throne room of God. So it says, mm-hmm. are you ready? Okay. So it says, after I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice was, which I heard speaking to me, came up like a trumpet, come up here and I will show you at once what mistake plays after this. At once I was in the spirits and behold, a throne stood in heaven, one who seated on the throne and he, and one seated on the throne and he, who sat there, the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. Jasper is like a, uh, in their Jasper, not our Jasper. It's a different stone. Um, it, it was a, Almost a diamond, basically. So it was uh, luminescent. It, you could see through it was light. It projected light. So mm-hmm. the, what he's seeing here is God being light. And then right in the middle is a, 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 a carnelian, um, which is a very red stone, which speaks either of God's judgment or of his love. Mm-hmm. So we see the purity, the holiness, the, uh, the, the glory of God in the... the, the What's the word I'm looking for? Jasper. And then right in the middle of it is either the judgment or the love. And it comes through because it's very white and then red in the middle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Emerald in the Bible is a green yeah. stone. But yeah. it could be that, obviously, the, the, the rainbow signifies, in terms of Old Testament scripture, peace. It's yes. God telling you that he's established There's a peace a promi- with you.
1: Uh, um, uh, a but, promise. Uh, a yeah. promise that was made.
0: Exactly, Um, and green very often has a connotation of mercy. So uh, so there 's this uh, rainbow of mercy, glory, you know, like you see the god 's glory, his holiness, his purity, and then you can see his judgment in the middle of this thing and his love in the middle of this thing, yet there 's a promise of uh, continual mercy, and around the throne, there were twenty four thrones and seated on the thrones were twenty four elders clothed, in white garments, and the crowns on their head from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder, and before the throne were seven torches of fire, which are the spirits of god yeah, so that. so there 's a strange picture you have God. God, the God of the entire universe, as manifest as he can be in one specific place, because as you said, he's everywhere, but there will be an acute awareness of God being there and we'll be able to see him in the most... the glorious form yeah the way that we can possibly see him Mm -hmm. because it will still be in heaven that god is everywhere you know what i mean like he will be there the most you know like um and around the throne you'll see these seven burning spirits pillars of fire and glory and that's the holy spirit but the the thing that came to me the other day was the idea that he lives in you now
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: that's freaking scary man Mm -hmm. like there's Mm -hmm. so much power resting in our hearts there's so much Mm -hmm. glory resting in our hearts there's so much um uh uh how should i phrase this there's such a there's such a capacity to push away fear and abide in truth because of who holy spirit is and he's like no i'm here and i'm helping you it's not even that i'm inactive i'm not i'm not there in the background thinking to myself like when you have your way or when you when you are ready you can help no holy spirit's like i am helping you you know what i mean anyway so i like that um Jesus will ask the father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Okay. So we have a a clarification here. He's the spirit of truth. Mm. Therefore, anything that comes, truth is obviously diametrically opposed to lying. So anything that comes against the knowledge of God's truth Mm. would be something that the Holy spirit does not testify to, you know Mm. what I mean? And therefore we know that he would bring conviction in. So when I lie, when I gossip, when I slander, when I, when I negate the truth, even about myself, when I start speaking lies over my mind, that's like, you're, you're a failure, you're never going to be able to yeah. accomplish this, there's no God. All of that kind of yeah. stuff, all, all of the, the lies that stem from the deepest, darkest pits of our heart and heart sometimes, the Holy Spirit of truth is the one that comes and breaks into that place. And he says, that's not true. You know what I mean? Like, And then you're like, oh my word, that's not true. You know, and, and even if it's just, and I think we've all been through this place where it's like the dark night of the soul, where it's just one tiny ray of light that comes into that place. And it's like, I can see there's a ray of light. I see darkness everywhere, but I see there's a ray of light. Therefore, I'm going to hold on to the ray of light as the promise that everything will one day be light. That's the spirit of truth. You know what I mean? And he's helping us in giving us an awareness that there is still that ray of light. You know what I mean? And this is where it comes with you in terms of redefining reality. Redefining reality would imply that everything that the Bible says is true. Everything that God has given us in Christ is true. And the Holy Spirit's the one that confirms that truth. Which is why when we speak, you can read it in 1 Corinthians 3. It's it's, it's an interesting conversation to have with people that don't believe in God. Um, Because Paul, Paul phrases it like this. He says... No, 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 Everybody's flipping away. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually 1 Corinthians 2, I apologize. 2.14, yeah. He says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness or folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So there's an idea that the carnal man before God, we literally can't know this truth the spirit of truth is the one that brings the truth to us. You know what I mean? So we have these conversations about reality, the, the, the actual understanding of reality, and we will constantly miss one another. We'll speak over one another. There will be contradictions in the way that people view it. There will, because it's not possible for them to see the truth because the Holy Spirit is the one that defines truth and he brings truth. You yeah, know what I mean? He opens yeah. your eyes. Um The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is judged by no one. Okay, so we carry on with um, John 14. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. There we have it again. uh, Because it neither sees him nor knows him. And again, the the important word there is him. We need to know that the Holy Spirit is not some weird, abstract, Casper-like force. He's not a phantom, like the holy ghost (laughs) and as you get what i mean it's a him he is one worthy to be praised he's one worthy to be acknowledged it's
1: not a piece of smoke
0: when you pray in the morning or when you pray at night i do this every day Mm -hmm. um you 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 thank the father for his glory or you thank him for your connection whatever it is and you thank jesus uh, i strongly yeah suggest you Thank the always, Holy Spirit. Always. Ask the for Holy Spirit you, for certain things. For even. You, yeah, no, for, for sure. Your eyes, all of that wisdom. kind of stuff. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will show me what to do next. Holy Spirit, you're my friend. I, I, and I know you. we shouldn't only... Th- I mean, Jesus is also our friend and all that kind but of stuff. Do but you do
1: start acknowledging God as the Father, thank you, Jesus, mm, Holy Spirit, and yeah. that. you know you, you do go through the three. I don't know. I do when I you, pray, and I that's go, good. It's supposed go to be like that. I all three, and I don't mean one
0: is above the other. Yeah, well, you see, this is if <laughs> we had to get into the way that. Um, so one is above the other in 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 a weird sense. So no, Holy Spirit is not below but God, God in being God. No, no they're no. exactly the same. And same as Christ. Same as God the Father. Same as God, God the Holy our Spirit. Judge, God is our, so so. No. God would be seen in terms of authority. The top. It, it well not say authority can almost insinuate power what i mean is that in terms of the delegated um holy spirit responds to jesus and the father and and jesus responds to the father so whatever the father declares jesus will do now he's not in disagreement with them because he's already god but there's a willingful a willingness to submit so the way that the submission works is not a and this is also where it comes into some ways, and I don't want to also, as soon as you start making Trinitarian analogies, it can be yeah. da- dangerous. But the idea of a husband, a wife, and children the, the, the wife willingly submits to the husband, and the children willingly submit to the, you know, like, and the father can, can he's the one that's supposed to lead. Now, he's not, as a, and I'm speaking at a human level, he's not um, more of a human being. You know, he's not more created in the image and likeness of God as a wife or as children. So he's not more of more value. You know what I mean? There's just a hierarchical setup that complements one another. There's an interactive interaction with one another. Yeah, where it's not a, I don't need to enforce my ideas on you. You willfully submit to them because that is just the way that we commune. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the way that it's always been so so god the son has always been god the son jesus didn't need to be born to be god the son there was never a point in in creation past or prior to creation past that jesus was not god the son you know what i mean the only begotten son of the father and that doesn't mean he created him it just means that he was always in the role as the trinitarian god as god the son and that was just the way that the community worked with one another the community of the unity of the holy spirit i mean the community of the unity of the godhead Mm -hmm. so um I don't even know more, no, where how I went on there. No, <laughs> we went way off because it neither sees him or knows him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the him. It's yeah, it's good to just know that I can speak to Holy Spirit as my friend, and I know that he he won't one day be some abstract thought that in heaven. It's like Yo, you he know he's gonna be a, a a a him. You know what I mean? And he will continue to ev- forever be a him. You know. And there will be a magnification of His love. His love. And obviously the Father. And again, I'm not in any way diminishing the up, Godhead. Yeah, yeah. but um, there will be a, a thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I I realize what you did. You know what I mean? The, in the revelation, when scales fall off our eyes. And it still happens now. Ever so often, you we thank God the Father for what He's doing. We thank Jesus for the prayers and how He's leading. Yes, and, yes, and there yes, does need seating. to be a... Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you yes. stopped me from doing that. And you know completely. what I mean? Like and for it was Holy Spirit us. going, and yeah, you're like, and, yeah," and
1: for convicting Exactly. Us and before we uh, before we do the wrong, it's in our hearts not to do it. Mm. But um, Jesus did, did also say that um, the Father, you know, nobody comes from me through the Father, and I have to leave because of um, then you have a Comforter. Remember? Yeah,
0: that's we're actually going so, into so that now. So, Jesus
1: actually also then break it up. He's not taking himself out of
0: it. Yeah, he's always present he's saying, as the Godhead. And this is where it can get complicated. It's not as if Jesus, in terms of Jesus' nature, now you go into a different thing. Jesus actually has two worlds. Now, they're not, they're not diametrically opposed to one another in, in all way. It's it's called the hypostatic union. Uh, again, you don't have to go into the depth of this. But the idea is that as a person, Jesus has two natures: a human nature and a divine yes. nature. you know, but the divine nature never ceased to be the divine nature so God the the Christ or God Jesus, was upholding the universe by the power of his word while he was a baby in the manger yes, yes. it 's not as if it, those two things it 's not as if Stop. Jesus be, only became a man while he was like, a no he was still fully God, you yeah, know what I mean absolutely. like there was never a point in time where there was that disconnect, so Jesus can be um, both divine and human. That's and, why
1: he deceives, because he, he knows what we go through. Because yeah, he was also both a man, man and brother. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. in
0: exactly the same breath, Jesus knows the end from the beginning. He knows... So, so the idea is just that um, there is no disconnection in, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. I mean, in the unity of the Godhead. And where we ever perceive a disconnection we need to go deeper in how we think we how need we to go think, deeper yeah, in yes. how we view the word you know like so so if it looks to me that there's three different be uh like, no, they are three different people if they're three different we don't have a, th- yeah. a polytheistic faith we don't worship three different gods no, 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 that's no. what's so important because yeah. it can become like no what what the freak because they say there's three then there's yeah, one there's yeah, one yeah. you know like and it's not like that it's just that there is complete unity um but, yes, different people, and then the way that we relate to them can be significantly different. you know yes, what I mean yes. um okay, you know him, you know him, I know him, and I thank you, I think that 's something that we can thank Jesus for because I do know him yeah. i I have the revelation ever so often that like Holy Spirit, I know I know you. I know that you've brought conviction. I can think of actual times in my life, and I recommend that people actually do do this when they pray ever so often. Think of times in your life where Holy Spirit convicted you of a sin that you've already done. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh. It comes back
1: to you. Yeah, and you're like, (gasps) oh
0: my word, I remember how hectic I felt after that. You know what I mean? That wasn't you in the flesh. You know what I mean? That was Holy Spirit saying no. And it's the same with the day of your regeneration. It's very important for us to reflect on who he is and what he's done in our life already. So I often think about the time that I was saved. Yeah, where the, the scales fell out of my eyes. Yeah, because the
1: veil was torn six
0: hours life. later it didn't feel much different. The sky was still blue. You know what I mean? Like I had to just believe it was black. You get but what yet I'm you saying? see
1: things differently. It's like yeah, you know, slowly
0: but surely though. That's comes, an incremental comes, thing,
1: and um, that's again like uh, being in our secular world. Yeah, and then you see your what's happening around you, and you just like have to pray your way through it. Yeah, but yeah, that, that it opens your eyes, and then some things like you tolerate some things, and then all of a sudden there's a conviction that says you cannot tolerate this anymore. Yeah, because it's not in line with. God's children and yeah. his,
0: He brings you closer to who you, closer. you are in Him. Oh. That's the idea. So it's not as if we strive to be holy. It's no. the idea that we are already holy and therefore outwork our holiness. Where I think I've explained this to you guys before, but prior to salvation, when you're in the flesh and you want to be a good person. You have to tear away... Well, you have to place on goodness. So it has to be like, I have to put on goodness. I have to put on holiness. I have to put on altruistic acts. I have to put on being merciful. I have to put on being kind. I have to put it on. I have to consciously... Keep doing it. Keep doing it because that's how I become those things. Now, the way that we are supposed to look, it's a covering over our flesh. Over our flesh. But the way that it works with the scripture once the Holy Spirit has filled us and declared us to be righteous, declared us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, declared us to be who we are in Christ, holy, blameless, and above reproach. It's that we tear off the flesh of who we aren't,
1: yeah. not
0: put on who we aren't. Mm. It's, it's a walking out of who you now really are, not yes. who you're not. You know what I mean? And the Holy Spirit, through the process of what's known as sanctification, does exactly that. Mm-hmm. He reminds you that you have been selected and at work who you are, your life for holy purposes. Yes, yes. You are, like in the Old Testament, you had to be declared holy, you know, or the, the holy vessels in the tabernacle. They yes. weren't allowed to be touched by uncleanliness and all of no. that kind of stuff. That's exactly what the process of sanctification is by you. You have been declared a holy vessel of God. You are no longer unclean. You are no longer you have been set apart for holy service. Which is exactly what we see in a few analogies. I think right off the top of my head, I'm gonna say 1 Corinthians 7, although it might be 2 Corinthians 7. The idea is that God literally uses you as a holy vessel now. Yeah. And the picture that he, that Paul is putting forward is that um, some things in the old testament you could you could use that clay. To make a, a, a jar that was going to carry the water of purification that was holy. And then you could use that jar of clay to make something else. And you are the, the, the former. You mm-hmm. have become one that is sanctified yes. and pure and righteous. And the Holy Spirit basically just helps convince you of this truth. Mm-hmm. In a very, very simplistic way. I don't want to in any way undermine who he is. But he helps us to recognize who we are. He helps us to apply the grace of God given to Absolutely. us. He helps yeah, us, us to... True. Um, see with spiritual eyes, discern with a mm-hmm. spiritual mind. You know, it, it, he's the one that says to you, um, I am doing this through you so that you can be who I you mean, truly are and recognize the identity given to you in the Father. The, mm-hmm. You'll see this now. The, I will not leave you as orphans. Yeah. There's the idea. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live and you will also live. So Jesus taking mm-hmm. up the role of the great shepherd and Leading his lambs and sheep, there could have been an idea that now we are forsaken in in terms of the way that the apostles would have seen this. We are now forsaken, we don't have hope. How can we truly connect to God and he's saying by by virtue of him sending the Holy Spirit, I will not leave you as orphans yes. he's the one that brings constant mm-hmm. confirmation that you are a child that you walk, and that's why we see in Romans eight in the the very famous passage where no. Paul says. Um, oh, he writes for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom, by whom. We cry, Abba Father. It is by the Holy Spirit, by whom? He's an individual. It's because of what He's doing in the confirmation work in our soul that we can say, Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then that's also something that I can contend for on a daily basis. Dad... Reveal to me by virtue of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please show me that he's my dad. Confirm to me in this moment that I am a son. Mm. I need that. You know what I mean? Like uh, I will stumble and fall back into the slavery of the flesh. But you, Holy Spirit, have promised me to remind me that I am not an orphan. You have promised that you will bring constant, well, Christ has promised, but I know that this is what you do. You will reveal to me that I can trust for the inheritance of the father, both in this life and the next, you know, um, anyway, we carry on. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will also live in that day. You will know that I am in the father and you are in me and I in you, whoever has, okay, we can, we can carry on to skip a little bit forward to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. All of the promises of Jesus. And there's a lot, man. But, um, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit acts as the teacher. He acts as the comforter. He acts as that we've, we've gone through this list. But he's not going to let us forget who Christ is. A teacher is there. He's present. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a teacher works Reminding hard. Us. To remind you, he's God as an individual is not lazy. That's not who God is. So no, you think of a lazy teacher by the rowdiness of the The yeah, but the rowdiness of a a class would yeah. eventually become a discouraging to a teacher. And they'd just be like, no, I can't do this. You know, let's stuff it. And then yeah, just do what you want. Take out your phones, listen to music. It doesn't matter. I yeah. really, I'm not, today's not yeah, the day. Yeah,
1: teacher's authority. It's yeah, an advocate. Yeah, uh, whatever. but that's
0: not the way that the Holy Spirit would be. He's the one that would constantly come to you and say, we're not going to take out our phones. No. And we're not. I'm not going to let you guys do that because it is my... Um, job my duty to teach you yeah. and and god is not lack in doing what god tells us he will do you know what i mean anyway hmm. um these things i was spoken to you, but the help of the holy spirit whom the father will send you in mind he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance of all that is that peace i leave with you my peace i give hmm. to you not as the world that i give let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I actually just want to skip forward to 15 verse 9, just because it's one of the most incredible verses in the scripture. And then we'll carry on through verse six, uh, chapter 16. Um, 15 verse 9. Listen, listen, you guys want something to hold on to. Yeah, yeah, for the same. rest of your freaking life. As the oh, yeah. Father has loved me. That's God speaking about God's infinite love towards God the Son in eternity past. So have I loved you. Mm,
1: that's Isn't that bad? Eh? Yeah,
0: God's know. love towards you cannot be more.
1: Cannot be more.
0: There's no way to think. It's like the way that God, the Father, loves Jesus is the way he loves me. That's yeah. mad. That's like, ew. I... And then he tells us to stay in that place. Abide in my love. Mm. That's a constant uh, recollecting mm-hmm. of this truth I am so inclined to not believe this so often in the day I promise you if we had to stand on the truth of God's infinite love towards us day by day hour by hour second by second nothing would bring fear into our lives literally nothing there would be there would be nothing that we are uh, oh, no Jesus can do all things that mountain pff, ah, <laughs> You look at a mountain. Are you serious? Make it bigger so I can laugh at it. It's because of God's love, you know? So, so if we constantly just draw our minds back to this place of, this is the truth. Mm. It's, it's Mm. indescribable love that provokes confidence to believe that you are significant. And in that significance, you can outwork the calling God has given to you for his glory.
1: Yeah. Then God, Mm. then Jesus gives the condition yeah <laughs> if you keep
0: my commandments here we go but we won't do it. Okay, we carry on a little bit more um so you, you see now a little bit in john 15 he carries on speaking about what the holy spirit will do verse 26 but when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning so our holy spirit empowers us to deliver the gospel message to others also Holy Spirit is so incredibly vital in everything that we do with regard to our walk with the Lord. It's not as if like he regenerates us. He causes us to speak to others. He's the power that regenerates others. He's the power yeah. that teaches us of our walk with the Father. He's so critical to our walk with, you know what I mean? so, like so the, God
1: dwelling on the earth.
0: Yeah, exactly. And proving to us his love as he dwells on the earth. Yeah. That's, the Holy Spirit does that. He He says to you, yeah, you know what I mean. I need to know the help of the Father, or the the fact that the Father gazes at me. Holy Spirit is like he does. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean. He grabs hold of my hand and he says, "This yeah, is all true, exactly. Jared." You know, mm-hmm. Um I've said all these things <laughs> to keep you from falling away. They will put you into synagogues. Indeed, He is coming. Da 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 da. Okay, verse four. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me and none of you asks, where are you going? Because, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away for, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, you will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, Concerning sin, let's just finish. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. There's, I I don't even know how, we can't go into the the true depths of what the implications of what Jesus is saying is here. That like, not only obviously because of God's omnipresence through the Holy Spirit can he be with everybody. But I think there's a significant thing that like, the Holy Spirit can reveal to us at a quicker level almost than Jesus just in his emphatic words. Because yes. Jesus would still be bound to the restrictions of manhood Absolutely. in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Now, I'm not in any way saying that he couldn't act as God on well, earth.
1: Um, Pastor Andre said that we would have to say, go to Is- Israel to see Tel Aviv. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to Tel Aviv to get this wisdom. <laughs> yeah. In a way, yeah.
0: And... We would yeah, then have to that. fight in our own flesh to believe that yeah. wisdom. That's the problem. That's the Holy it. Spirit is the one that says this that is the wisdom, your and He's the one that then moves yeah. through you constantly, saying. And,
1: and the Holy Spirit renews your spirit, mm. it renews it all the time. It's yeah. like a constant presence that's there; it doesn't mm. get taken away, get given back. Um, that's what Charles Stanley mm. once said. He mm. says that when you, when you get baptized and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's hundred percent, not. Fifty percent. Yeah, but now 40%. this is where it gets
0: weird. Um if you mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so you do, you get filled one hundred percent of the Holy Spirit, you become the temple of God, he convicts you of us yeah. and all of the stuff we've already read. But now. But there's a if <laughs> you go to <laughs> you go to like Acts four. It's
1: so, oh such a mystery Act four.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: can't just be that simple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, don't use it. We're yeah, talking about I just God. I had it. No, you do. You do have it, but there's more to be had. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, that's what's weird. actually. Um, so Acts what? Four thirty. Okay, so you guys know the prayer, and there they are praying. Mm-hmm. Peter mm-hmm. and them are feeling very pressured. They need more confidence to go and preach. Yeah. And they get to verse 13. It's like, while you are stretching out your hand to yield and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's the end of the prayer. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter and them were saved. But there's a there's a further filling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: It's almost like when you need to be more full. Yeah. But you are full.
0: But yeah. there's a more filling. And you are full to the hundred percent. And it's not as if it goes to hundred and ten percent. I believe that the way that and firstly this is where Maybe manifest it's presence more strength. No, well manifest presence is vulture. When you're in a corporate gathering of of believers and you're praising the Lord in worship. There's a there's a much more powerful sense of how you spirit being yeah, there, you definitely. know, like what the heck? This is so real. Like, no, no, I wish you could just live in this place. You know, that's how our mm. hearts cry. But but he's not more there than he is as soon as you leave. In in a in a way, mm. in the sense that he's living inside you, like you mm. said, a hundred percent. But there is definitely a, a further empowering, both in boldness and in manifest presence, which it, at some level, does create an environment yeah. for the miraculous to take place. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, in faith, like the the more that His people move in faith, and 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 He, the more He pours out His Spirit, the more there's yeah. there's the engagement of the supernatural realm with the natural realm and then the allowing for I say allowing inverted commas because it's a bad word but there's no real word to express this the allowing for the father's Kingdom to come down in a manifest present way. Yeah. You know, like that's the idea in 1 Corinthians 14 that when you're all together and you're so in corporate worship that the unbeliever will walk in and fall flat on his face because you can prophesy to yeah. people. Uh, people that are in a corporate community or in a corporate gathering tend to be far more charged, you can put it that way, with the Holy Spirit than when you are just by yourself.
1: Think of all the faiths put together. Yeah, it's kind of like like that. It's like a super faith. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) And he pours up that and then you feel him more. You feel the conviction more. I I can feel it
1: sometimes when I speak to somebody who doesn't believe Yeah, that there's a moment that something comes upon me Mm. that I feel calm. Yeah. But I speak with a lot of authority of Mm. what I've read Mm. and it comes from the Bible but then it also comes from other books I've read that is related to the Bible mm. that the person I'm speaking to actually doesn't have anything to say. Mm. It's a quietness in their face that they actually don't know what to say. It mm. doesn't mean I've won anything or that person's lost anything. Mm. It's just the moment when you said something that person was um, made silent Yeah, to think and it's nothing That's good yeah, I mean it, it could it,
0: go the other way and they could bark like a dog at you <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that happens too there's also the bark dark yeah. where you go like this and you actually just look at it and you just see the mouth moving yeah. you don't hear the words <laughs> because that piece that comes over you to understand the veil hasn't been removed yeah mm. and, uh, but you know what is a very oh, we just had it now let me just tell you now oh man Jared what was our previous scripture I wanted to show you John John 15 hey? that actually stood out for me the world's sin is that they don't believe in me The world. So so yes.
0: Now this can be taken too far, and I'll put it a a theological point there. Yes. It's a very short sentence,
1: but it hits me hard.
0: Yes. One of the one of the (laughs) one of the things people often think that when people go to heaven, um, the idea will be only Jesus questioning someone. Did did they know me? Now, that will be something condemnable to hell. Make no mistake. And that is the the thing that condemns people to hell. But it's not... The reason they can still be condemned to hell is for their sin. You know what I mean? In various other ways. So, yes, it's a sin in the sense that you are not fulfilling the first and greatest commandment. That's the sin. You shall worship the Lord your God and Him. That is the first commandment. Yeah, so, really yes, good. when you deny Jesus, you're doing that. But sometimes this idea is conflated and and put in a place where it's like, no, the only sin of the world is the fact that they don't believe in Jesus, which is very wrong. You know, no, the sin of the world is every single sin that you ever do. You know what I mean? Like Mm. you're not helping yourself and saying, I realize I don't believe in Jesus, but he doesn't care if I sleep with this guy. It's like, no bro, he cares about that.
1: (laughs) Everything is what the sin is laid out. Yeah.
0: Your judgment book will include your sin. All of them. You know what I mean? I mean, not our judgment book, but but those that stand in, in the presence of the Father. It won't just be. Um, and Jesus will declare to them, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, for I did not know you. But the idea of you being unaware of why, other than Jesus just telling you to leave, is just not simply not the truth. You'll know exactly why you go to hell. You know what I mean? Like, And there will be stacks of evidence as to why you go go to hell. There's actually a very strange picture. If you guys want to flip to Zechariah 3. Um ah, sorry. it's right at the end of the minor prophets. I
1: think Colin's
0: well, just finished that. <laughs> um, You know it. Okay, so right. now Zechariah so Zachariah is one of those super apocalyptic ah. um not full on apocalypse, but okay. but uh it's very vision orientated. You can see it's towards the end of the Judaic period when they were still writing scripture. But because there's a lot of stuff that's just like, what the heck is, is he saying? Yeah. And it's super prophetic. I mean, I recommend you read Zechariah because it's one of the books that primarily point towards Christ. No. Jesus speaks about Zechariah often. And a lot of the stuff that he does fulfills yeah. Zechariah. Mm. Um, but one of the big pictures is that... What's happened now? Mm, phew, let me try and be historically correct. What's happened now is that they've brought, been brought from Babylon. Well, okay, Babylon became Peter Media, Peter Media, Persia, and then the the Persians let them come back, right? So they built up the second temple. Well, they started building up the second temple, but they didn't finish it. And then they spent, if I'm not mistaken, it was like two decades, I think, at the top of my head, where they just didn't do what was required of them, and then they filthied or dirtied themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a high priest, and they had a, a guy that was supposed to be Liam but they just didn't. Anyway, so that guy's name was Joshua. Then, okay, so now this is the vision of what's happening. And then in the spirit, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. That's why I brought it up. There will be, mm. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of all. And the problem is, when Satan accuses people that have sinned and not placed their faith in Christ he's speaking at some level the truth he, like he's telling them who they are you know like or or what they've done and Satan as the accuser in terms of a, a courtroom setting will be the prosecuting attorney and he'll be like Let's go through the books. You have them right there, you know, and he'll go through them. Remember on the 15th of July, 1969, mm. when you said that word that was actually a lie. Boom. There we go. You're a liar. And remember on the 15th of July, 1969, 10 minutes later, when you said that you had that sort of lust, boom, you're a lust. And you will go through all of them. You will know exactly why you stand condemned. It's only in this. Well, yeah, this is a good picture because it brings to us an understanding. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this, is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Uh, but check what he does next. Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments it's exactly the same picture as with as, us. He yeah. does have filthy garments. Mm. Everything that Satan's saying is true before God. It just requires Jesus mm. to rebuke the Satan, yes, okay, yeah. which He will not do mm. for for everybody that hasn't placed their faith in Him. Absolutely, he yeah. will say, "Oh, you workers of lawlessness! I never knew you." You know what right. I mean? And then it goes further, and it's not only that he he. He has dirty garments, it says, and he said to him, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments." So I'm putting on my robes of righteousness. God has to decide that. You know what I mean? So we as God's people, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the only thing we'll be able to do or hope for is God telling or God, the son telling God, the father he has my righteousness mm. covered by the blood wiped out mm. sin atoned for paid in full the whole you know like that's the idea um how did we get onto that at all other things <laughs> the sin of the
1: world because mm. you don't believe in The sins of the world, of the world. In... no but the other sins, sins do exist but the biggest sin in this world the biggest sin and mm. they don't keep the first command to love yeah the lord mm. with all your heart and everything yeah. and um the world, I always say the people, the world is taking God out of the world. Mm. They're trying to remove Him mm. and they're trying to make sense of their, their own gods yeah. to make things happen and um, that, that, that sentence think, is just very powerful for me because I, it's true. I, I, I was it's just true. thinking that it is right that Jesus uh, makes that statement. You know, the sin of the world is to not love God, to love Jesus. Because they are there was a space I was in where you, know, you can love your neighbor as yourself, mm. do the good deeds and whatnot. So you've got two You're out of person. three, mm. but you haven't got like the the first and most important mm. one. And, and, it... and loving God... From there, that's where everything else flows.
0: Mm. And it needs to be loving God in truth. That's the important thing. Mm. It can't just be a, a, a potential love for God. It needs to be the love for God as mandated by the Bible.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Anyway.